Welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody's favorite cinema podcast, Looking California and Film Minnesota. My name is Michael McCaffrey. I am the Looking California portion of the program. I am a ridiculously handsome writer and acting coach in sunny Southern California. And I am joined by somebody who's feeling very Minnesota. His name is Barry Anderson, with two S's, by the way. Barry, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a director based here in the Great White North, and uh, right now we're uh, we're we're still on a three year search for good movies, and we keep coming to you every week with hope. Um, and we're not sure if this week's going to deliver or not, but I'm I'm more excited than I have been in a while at the potential of this movie. So I don't know. Do you want to tell them what movie we're talking about? Yeah, sure. Why not, Barry? Uh, yeah. So we're talking about the Banshees of Inisherin. Now, the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, it came out way back in October. It is now available on HBO Max. Uh, it has a budget of $20 million and a box office of $41 million, so it's made some money. And the movie is written and directed by Martin McDonough, which um, people may remember him. He did uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, uh, Missouri, uh, in Bruges, um, things like that. He's a playwright, very, very well-respected guy. The movie stars Colin Farrell, Blent, Brendan Gleeson, and Kerry Condon and Barry Keoghan. And it tells the story of two friends on the fictional island of Inishirin in 1923. It's right near the end of the Irish Civil War. And these two friends, uh, you know, go to the pub, do all the sorts of things that Irish people do in 1923. And then one day, Colin, who is played by Brendan Gleeson, decides, I don't want to talk to you anymore to Colin Farrell's character, Podrick. And Podrick is just a nice guy, sort of a dim-witted dullard, and he just wants to be a nice person in life. And he is totally shocked by Colin's uh, declaration that, hey, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. And the reason Colin doesn't want to do it is he's a musician, you know, like a pub musician, and he wants to write one great song. He wants to be remembered for greatness and not for being nice. And that's sort of the that's sort of the bones of the story. There's Podrick, who wants to be a nice guy. And then there's Colin, who wants to be remembered and do something great. And for those that and, are new to the podcast, that is, I am the former and Mike is the latter. <laughs> so just if you, if you yeah. keep score, that's where we're at. Well, I, I have no illusions or delusions of ever doing anything great, but um it, niceness eludes me often <laughs> that's, <laughs> so, that's why we teamed up <laughs> yes you, you can bring yeah. the edge i can us off in the edge now interestingly barry of course is from minnesota he is minnesota nice and i am a son of ireland <laughs> so <laughs> we are not the uh the the smiling leprechauns everybody thinks we are we're pretty dark people and this by the way this movie is a dark comedy a tragic comedy it describes itself as a tragic comedy but it's it's a black comedy it's very dark um so i am which i did not know yeah i, I, I didn't tell I, you anything I, about it i purposely I, I purposely avoided everything when i went into this movie yeah i saw other it than i know that time you know, ago and I, I saw it um pretty early on when it came out okay. and uh so i am genuinely i usually could not give a shit what you think 
But <laughs> welcome to our relationship, everybody. I, yeah, well, welcome to our viewership. They yeah. they feel the same way <laughs> about both of us. But I am genuinely curious what you think of this movie, Barry. No, and by the way, I should. Uh, this is a terrible intro, by the way. But um, I should tell you, it has received nine Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Colin Farrell, Best Supporting Actor for both Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan, Best Supporting Actress for Carrie Condon, and Best Original Screenplay. So it's in the mix. It's in the mix. It's. It's. I think it's got an outside chance, but a small chance to win some stuff. So Barry. I'm curious, what did you think of the Banshees of Inishirin? So before I get into that, I'm going to tell people there's going to be some spoilers that we can't avoid talking about. And so Fair if enough. you want to, like, I almost think that this movie you do need to see cold to appreciate it, as opposed to knowing too much. I agree. If you do know too much, there's still enough in it that warrants it, but I think you do take a little bit of the edge of it. So I would recommend that if you have if you have the inclination to want to see this movie and have not wait to listen to the podcast till after you've seen it. Yeah. And again, it's on HBO max. So you yeah. can see it for free, you know, kind of free. So this movie, how do I even describe it? So as soon as I started watching it, I mean, obviously most movies set in Ireland are very enjoyable to watch. Scenery is beautiful. You know, mm -hmm. the people are interesting, but what I, what I found is something about the pacing and yet the command of the actors, I was like, oh, I'm liking this right away. They filled the frame. They there was like a there was like a an honesty to what I was watching, but also like I don't really know where it's going. So it kept me. It's very hard to make something this simple and kind of keep you on a hook in the whole first maybe 20, 30 minutes. I was like, geez, Louise, like I, I actually think this is really hard to pull off and they're doing a really good job. But also the movie appears to be so simple that I'm like, I'm not exactly sure why I'm interested because at some point I feel like you should maybe start to get a little bored just because it's almost like you're watching real life. And so it was an interesting watch because I, I can't find a film that I would say, oh, it reminded me of this. This is how I felt when I was watching that movie. This felt somewhat original in that, in that span. And like you said, the premise like I love Brendan Gleeson and I've mostly not liked Colin Farrell for most of his career, but I have to say I'm eating crow the last couple of years. He's been, he's, he's one of those actors that's coming into his midlife and just hauling the mail. I mean, his performance yeah. in this is just, just unreal. I'm like, Holy cow. It's like, this is not the same guy I, you know, was introduced to as a movie star 20 years ago. This is a whole different, you know, body of work. And so their interplay is delightful. But this idea that these long-term friends and then just for no reason, one of them's just like, I'm tapping out. I'm like, what a weird premise for a movie. <laughs> like, it's it's like, again, it's like so small. It's so simple. It's so dialed in. And yet you're like, yeah, that would, that would not go well for me. Like if like my best friend just one day was just for no reason. And then I, I came to the realization after the movie that basically this is like a divorce between two friends kind of in the same period it would happen in a divorce between a couple and it's just the different genders having a similar struggle breaking free finding their new paths you know how does this impact them and i'm like what a fascinating you know look into the human psyche in the in the relationship between you know people at a certain age and certain genders and i was like man and then the performances 
I mean, uh, um, oh, what's the guy, the third guy's name, the younger kind of slow. Uh, Barry, Barry Keoghan. Barry's performance is just, I mean, there's a scene where he's talking to um, the sister. Oh. And it is, it is awkward. It is heartbreaking. It is charming. It is raw. And I'm just like watching this and I'm like, the number of people that can pull that off without yeah, yeah. cuts just, and I was just like this right here, like I guarantee the night of the Academy Awards, that's the, that's the clip they play of him. Cause it is, it it is, it's almost perfect. I was like, holy crap, you know, yeah. the performance in general is good, but like that particular scene, I was like, oh my land. I'm like, this is, this is an acting masterclass. But then the twist, the twist hit me by surprise and I was uneasy the rest of it because I'm like, okay, is it is it going to go further than this? Or is it, it like, was it just like, the only thing I can liken it to, and it's not the same, but when, I don't know if you remember um, The Village by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. I remember watching the first part of that movie being intrigued and then there was a big shift in that movie. And after the shift, it was like, I never recovered. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I did this, you like, changed it fundamentally and i was worried that this movie would be changed so fundamentally that the latter half of the movie i just couldn't go with and there were times i felt like it i was out of the movie because of it but yet then they would dip back in the parts i liked and so i'm uneasy with do i like that plot addition or not i don't i don't really know how i feel about it even after the movie's over and so that's the part i'm, I'm curious to hear about from you but the performances and the setting and the pacing, I I mean, what a delightful movie. Like what a what I mean, it's just like I'm like I can I can see being an executive and someone pitching this to me and be like, there's no, there's no way. Right. There's no way that this movie works. There's no way this <laughs> yeah. is interesting. No, I'm not putting Colin Farrell in the lead to be this like, you know, kind of dim-witted, slow, nice, like, no, there's nothing about this I would have seen in advance and the fact that they executed this shows you why sometimes executives shouldn't be in charge and you really got to find someone who's got a vision because this this worked the sum of the parts of this is far beyond what should have been on paper and for that reason alone i i would love people to see it but it's it's not mainstream but it's not so weird that it's unaccessible but the mm -hmm. twist makes it like uh, i now i don't know what to or who to or what 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 so i don't know I'll, I'll stop talking and see kind of how you read the movie. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I agree with everything you've said. Um, it, it, the performances are sublime. And it's funny because Barry Keoghan, I think, is the least of the performers in it. I, I think he's a little uneven in in it, a little theatrical at points. But that scene that he does oh. with the sister... Is oh. the best thing in the movie and one of the best things in film this year, without question. I mean, this ranks right up there with the tar scene. Like these, yes. these are the two things yes. that are burned into my mind that I'm like, I have hope that there is there is yeah. there's art to still come from movies, which is sad that there's two scenes from an entire year. <laughs> but, but but with that being said, this is not the beer goggles where they're good because everything else is bad. These yeah. are right up there with like, okay, this is an all time scene. And like you said, his performance was good, but it was up and down. But I get goosebumps now. I re yeah. it's it's like I lived that scene, and I felt, you know, I felt like he was talking to me, and like I had to break, you know, break him down. It was just, 
oh, it was so good. It was so good. I want to watch it again. Yeah, it is. It's so good. Now, I'm I am fascinated by your your reaction to the movie because so much of my reaction to it, which is very positive, like yeah. I really it's it's to me it's the best movie of the year, basically. Um, I mean, I can I, it's hard to argue against. I got to go see yeah. everything over all at once. But but to me, I, I'm I'm very curious what other people think of it because my Irishness is so ingrained in my liking this movie because it's a mirror. I know these people yeah. really well. The two of them live in my head, right? Like it's, it's the struggle every Irishman goes through of like, Oh, do I want to be a nice guy or do I want to accomplish something in life? Do I want to sort of do this? And then there is just something so wonderfully irish about the turn that this movie oh. takes yeah, see, it's I, absurdist it, and it might it you might have to be irish to go with it but maybe that's because <laughs> before we get to there i'm going to react to what you said i can totally see being of irish descent how this kind of like you're like oh this is this is for me like i get warm fuzzies i understand i know this is my uncle my aunt but what i love what i thought was so charming about this movie is it's weird Ireland's not this exotic far off place anymore. And even though Irish people, you know, at one point were the scourge of the earth, nobody wanted them around. Now they're part of the, you know, Hey, you're just part of white, white America. And, you know, you accepted what I love is that you, you went back to an exotic place that was accessible, but you touched on human problems, human frailties, human struggles. And it was, the struggles are big. I mean, the sister not knowing if she should escape this place, you know, yeah. the guy wondering, you know, in, you know, 50 years, I'm going to be forgotten. Can I live? You know, the guy saying, well, isn't it just who's around you and how you make them feel and being not like, these are like philosophical, massive questions that most people don't wrestle until they get later in life and have a problem. And even Barry's character, you know, he's from a bad family and, you know, he's not doesn't have all the marbles to do whatever he wants but he's just like trying and then sometimes not and then you can see that he wants to he wants to make growth but he doesn't know how to and i mean it's just the the characters are so right because it's i think they're accessible to everyone at every age and every ethnic background and it's weird to think that an irish movie with a bunch of white actors taps into that humanity side the way that this movie does and i think that to me is its biggest strength and that's why it's powerful the story's interesting but i think so many people that watch it are like oh yeah yeah i thought that too or oh i struggle with that or oh i you know yeah i would make that choice different or like i would make that choice and then people leaving the movie could argue over the choice that they would or wouldn't have made and you you just got done watching it and there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer and i think i think it's great yeah and and it's true and i think that so much of that has to do with number one the writing it's oh, beautifully written. The characters are real people. You never get the sense that like, oh, these are just sort of people. They're, they're sort of props in the movie, you know, and they're not. They're, they're like real people. As I said, I know these people. And, you know, when you put it in terms of it's set 1923 during the Irish Civil War. Um, and of course, their friendship becomes an, an uncivil war, you know, a civil war that turns uncivil. And then you know, you place that in sort of modern 
times our society where everything is so polarized and and people are banished and you know canceled and all this sort of stuff and it's sort of you know a metaphor for that sort of stuff but it's funny the thing that struck me <laughs> was uh carrie condon's character siobhan is she's podrick's sister yeah and they live together um she is single he is single they you know she's basically an old maid at this point she's probably you know 28 or something um <laughs> but, but she's not married with kids so you're done and she chooses she's so desperate to get away from this island and these men she goes to the mainland to work at a library now there's a little thing to take into context with that decision and it's not played up in the movie but it's it's a subtext and you have to understand it at one point in the movie they're walking along the island and on the mainland they see uh there's gunshots and cannon fire so she is literally leaving this island to go where the bullets are flying to yep. get away from these yep. two she's just like i will do anything to get the hell out of here these irishmen are insane and i gotta leave and that sort of thing it, it's such it, it's subtle and yet it's this absurdist comedic thing and yet it's so real well that see that's the thing that's great is they found they found the way to have it be a narrative that you can watch but again i think if you talk to people who've been divorced you know or had like you know they get fed up with their family and there's times when that break happens where there's no more rational thought it's like you're on fire and i just have to get away and that's right. where she gets to she's like I don't care if I die on the ferry off the island. As long as I'm not on the island when I die, I die. I just can't be here. And you know, it takes a while to sort things out in your head, you know, over a period of time after the decision's made. But like if you're watching the small little scope, you you can start judging like, well, that's not nice to not talk to your friend. Well, like, you know, yeah, you, you don't need to go to where the bombs are going. Like let's let's talk about it and figure out something here. You like there seems to be like people want to rationally work through this, but that's like we come into the story. What's great is I always say when you write a story, you know, cut to where the action is. Well, people walk to where like, you know, they were kidnapped. They were this. What's funny about this is the, I mean, obviously the action of, I don't want to talk to you anymore, but we basically have whatever, 20 years of stuffing emotion, frustration, all this stuff. So we're coming into the action when everything starts leaking out and the leaking just gets more and more and more. But like, we're used to like big things happening. And in this movie, for at least the first, whatever, half hour, 40 minutes, there still seems to be like a rationality to the leaking mm. and tell the turn. And then you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then the the normalcy of what people treat that, that's what started getting me afterwards. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this is like, that's a, such a big deal. But yet it's just like, oh, that's what he did. And oh, there's not a hospital. And oh, like, I'm like, this is like weird. But then you're like, okay, that's what this story is. So I got to stay with it to see where they're going. And then they lull you back into like, okay, that was, that was the big outburst. And then it keeps building. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, nope, that's not the end of the outburst. And then Colin Farrell's scene when he confronts him in the pub when he threatens to burn down his house, like you're like watching it. Like they always say that you want a character that starts in one place and ends in another. I mean, textbook. 
yeah. his journey in this movie, he go, he's going, he's going on a huge like arc in that scene. Like, I love it when he's like telling him, it's like, and you better be in there. And it was like one of the most threatening, calm, rational things. But obviously you're watching, you're like, this is not rational. But like, there's like a weird command to that whole scene that I'm like, it's kind of terrifying that I'm kind of understanding this. <laughs> what does that say about me as a human? And I'm like, this is weird. And it's just, it's well, so fascinating how it can touch things inside of you in a way that I didn't know that like such a simple movie could. Um, Freud once famously said that the only people immune to psychotherapy were the Irish. <laughs> okay. And having lived my life, everything, everything. Yeah, having lived my life as an Irishman surrounded by uh, the Irish, I can concur with that assessment by Dr. Freud. Um, but here's here's what I wrote in my review of this. Um, yeah. Uh, ultimately, what Martin McDonough understands is that the thing to remember about the Irish is that they are the best friends and the worst enemies. They're happy to talk your ear off or rip your head off. Either one, you decide. They have short tempers and long memories, and they don't hold grudges. They are grudges. And that is true. <laughs> I can tell you. And once the decision is made, there is no going back, which is what this movie is about for everybody involved. And it just escalates. So the decision by Siobhan, I have to leave here or I'm going to die. Decision made. So, okay, I'm going to leave here where I'm safe, technically, to go to a war zone to get away from this. Doesn't matter. I'm doing it. And then there's columns. It's like, I've made my decision. We're not, I'm not talking to you anymore. And if you keep coming up and talking to me, something's going to happen. And uh, I won't give away what happens. But he does it. And it's shocking. And then he does it again. And it's shocking. And then Podrick is like, because of the repercussions of that, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And he does it. And then they're sitting there next to the beautiful seaside, this gorgeous shot. And Podrick basically says like, hey, motherfucker, we're going to live a long time. And this shit's not ever going to end. And that island of Inishirin does not exist. And if it did exist, it would have burned to the ground because that's how we do things. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to literally, this movie is about like cutting off your nose to spite your face. Like, it's, it's just what it is. And when your face is like mine, which has the map of Ireland on it, you don't mind doing that. And that's what we do. We, this is how we live. We don't care. We're just like, okay, let's get it on. I am going to win this. And hence the movie continues. And it's really, it's a smart movie. It's incredibly well-made. I was actually looking, the cinematographer for this movie is a guy named uh, Ben Davis. Now, ben Davis has been around for a long time. Uh, he's 61. And his filmography, you look at it and you're like, huh. He like did Kick-Ass. <laughs> you know, he did um, Wrath of the Titans. He's done Guardians of the Galaxy and, and uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange. Um, 
He's done other uh, McDonough movies, Three Billboards. He did uh, Captain Marvel, your favorite movie, Dumbo, Cry Macho, my favorite movie, both of our favorite movie, Eternals. Oh, geez. He did My Policeman, which I know is your favorite I, movie this past year. I mean, this, the filmography that you're reading versus what we saw is akin to the cinematographer Joker when you're like hangover one, two, and three, and then Joker, and you're like, huh, <laughs> you're like what? Huh, who who saw that in that filmography? It's like, I think he's got yeah. a hidden a hidden gear because this it's not it's not it's not totally accurate to be like Fincher-like, but the simplicity of the shots and the staging and the movement, how it goes together, one hundred percent isn't simple, and it works unbelievably well. And yeah. so you, you can tell that there's intention. You can tell there's skill, but it it appears to be, oh, it's just simple. You're on a tripod. It's this, it's a pan. It's, and you're like, no, 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 no. Because it's like, there's so much in there. And that I obviously the secret weapon is you have these unbelievable performances. Yeah. Which makes knowing a lot of the people I get to work with, I don't normally get, you know, for Academy Award nomination performance style actors in one of my projects. So there is a sense of, as a director, you're trying to make sure to get enough performance to help create the performance and hide the performances that don't work and try to crank. Like this movie, you're like, I'm just going to leave it because what's happening right now, you can't enhance. Like they are bringing that magic. And there were several scenes in there where you're just like, I mean, even some of just the reaction shots. I, I wish you could make a mixtape of just Brendan Gleeson's reactions. Like <laughs> he reacts to something and it's just like the 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 journey that you go in his head to get to where it's like, it just reads right off his face. And you're like, my God, that is so hard. Like oftentimes I'm telling people little tricks to do things so that like you can kind of like, oh, he might be thinking this. And it's like, you're you're desperately trying to pull something out of it where I feel like in this, when he does something, it's like he's talking to me and I'm feeling it. And so like, but it may, it might be different for someone else, but it's like, he's reaching out and grabbing you and forcing you into like an emotion. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, that is like, that doesn't happen very often. And he's so good at it. And I'm like, man, what a fun freaking movie as an actor to be acting opposite this. No wonder they come off and like being on the circuit because you're like, yeah, I'd love to do that again in a heartbeat. You know what's so interesting about it? Because it is simple. It's it's shot. It, it looks very simple. It's obviously yeah. not very simple, but it looks and, and there's a, a cleanliness to it and, and a sharpness. And of course, it's greatly aided by the Irish landscape. It's oh. a beautiful part of the world. Um, it's greatly aided by these actors. It's greatly aided by the wardrobe. Yeah. Is phenomenal. Yeah. And so you have all of these things. But the thing that struck me most about it, and now for me, Martin McDonough has always been hit or miss as a filmmaker. I, I like him more as a playwright, uh, oddly enough. But as a filmmaker, like I, I thought Three Billboards just, it was a mess. It was just a real mess. In Bruges, uh, I like. I didn't like it as much as other people did, but I liked it. And I thought, you know, I thought that the acting in particular was quite good in it. But this movie is the first time I've seen a McDonough film where it's such a confident film. 
that I love that description because it's not it's not mastery. Like it's not like it's not perfect. Yeah, right. But right. like this is that like this is the you walk in a room and someone gives off a vibe and you're like, oh, like they're they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It reeks from that from like the first like shots. Yeah. Like it's weird how quickly you're like, oh, I'm in good hands. I don't exactly. know where this is going, but I'm in good hands for this whole ride. Yes. With the exception of the the little pivot point that makes you a little well, what's happening? <laughs> what, what are we going with this? This is this is not the movie that I've been signing up for for 40 minutes. And that confidence, I think, is born of a lot of things. I think part of it is that all these guys have worked together before. Yeah. Including the cinematographer and you know, uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson were in, in Bruges, uh, which was McDonough's movie. Um, and so there's just this, it's just a confident film that never sort of tries to cut corners. It never sort of, it never tries to soften the blow. It just puts it there for you. It lets these actors be phenomenal. It uses everything that it's that is there it uses to its benefit which so many movies fail to do so that that setting is used to its benefit the the wardrobe used to its benefit the actors used to the, its benefit um and mcdonough's really uh understanding of the the oddity and absurdity and sort of innate violence of Irishness is all put there together into this stew and it turns out it's just really a hearty meal <laughs> and it's it's it, it just it works and you never would have expected it to work um and that's the joy of it and that's why you know again it's not a perfect film um I gave it four out of five stars but that's the highest I've given anything all year. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just got through, you know, watching a bunch of movies that are uh, Oscar nominated. I, I had screeners and stuff. So I was watching them. And um, I mean, it's a cavalcade of crap. It's just I'm, I'm throwing out one stars lately. Like it's, you know, Christmas morning. It's just like crazy. And then you you go. I, I went back and with this movie, it's just like. Ah, so refreshing. It is so refreshing. Just it's, to see that, it's it's like, and it, okay, say what you're going to say, and then we'll talk no, about the no, performance. You, you, yeah. you finish your thought. I mean, well, no, I was just going to say, you know, we should get into talking about Colin Farrell. And Colin it, Farrell in this movie is, and he has been for the last few years, um, starting with the lobster and then you know uh, the killing of a sacred deer and then you know he's in a groove and he's crushing it yeah and he is so good in this movie like it's 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 really remarkable because he is he just is so genuine and grounded and of course part of that comes from his comfort with brendan gleason and gleason is (laughs) <laughs> just ridiculously good in everything he does and those two together it's just it's sublime and we talked a couple of weeks ago about um the oscar nominations and you know who's going to win best actor and things 
And I think you said uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Isn't which um, is he best actor or best supporting? He's best actor. Yeah, okay. I think I think that's what you said. I can't remember, but um, I said, well, I think it's going to be Colin Farrell. And but you know, you never know. And then I happened to see The Whale this week. I'm not seeing it yet. I think it's going to be Colin Farrell. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. When we when we when we when we review the whale, be prepared for Mike's wrath. Just let you know now. Got it. Got um, it. Got it. I I should I should clarify. I would say he it, Colin Farrell deserves to win. Um, the other person that they're talking about, I I was reading a piece today that linked to uh, some betting site. People bet on this stuff, and they had all they had twenty four like critics and and Oscar watcher pros listing you know their choices and actually Austin Butler <laughs> the look Barry is giving me right now <laughs> I wish I wish we were filming wait, this wait 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 yeah. wait 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 they they're they're predicting what about him that he's gonna win best actor mm-hmm no yeah no, that's what they're predicting. No, that's what they're saying. No, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. what humanity cannot keep going at the at the great drop from year to year over rational thought. I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about there? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I've seen worse performances than Austin Butler's. It's not like he delivered, but like there is no universe that that. I mean, yeah. Colin Farrell versus him. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, this we're talking Titanic ship size away from each other. And in look, the- the, Austin Butler is not, he's he's good in Elvis. Yeah, he, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, it's not you a. Know, but let, what are we talking about? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So I, part of the joy of watching the Banshees of Anna Sharon was I didn't know anything about it going in. The way it unfolds, you, you get sucked into it. it. It's, again, a confident movie. It's It's very reassuring the performances are terrific the the setting the costumes then the twist happens and when the twist happened for me what happened was i went through a period probably five minutes of watching the movie being like oh no yeah (laughs) i'm I'm not gonna like this that's what that's that's in that what, what i had that exact same feeling and then i'm like is this one of those movies that is so out of touch that they did so well and then they completely right like screw it up? Or is there something here that I'm gonna begrudgingly come to like accept by the end? But like it literally did take me out of the movie for at least five, 10 minutes because I was like, I don't know if I trust you anymore. Yes, yeah. And, and it and it was weird, but I don't know how they could have not done it that way. Right. So it's also an interesting, you're like, as a filmmaker, he has to be like, I'm I'm making people uncomfortable and I might lose some people and or like this changes the flow and then it's it, it would be like in a basketball game you're leading the other team makes a big run and like crushes your hope and you got to like pull out everything you got left to bring it back up to like a, and yeah. I'm like that's a lot of work as a filmmaker usually you want to like not let people off the hook and just keep you know keep bringing where you want I'm like wow like I like I would love when he was writing it, like, how did he get to that point? Like, what, where is this going to show them? I cut off my nose to spite my face. 
come up with that, pitch it to someone. I can't imagine many people were like, I like it. I like where you're going with this. Do that. I'm sure that most people he told about are like, yeah, no, you got to come up with something else. That That's weird. I, it's what was so crazy about it is that you're right. They couldn't have done it any other way. It has to be so because your expectations are one thing. Yeah. That we are primed. We are conditioned to expect a certain thing from this type of movie. Yep. And it blows that up and it's absolutely shocking. And that's what happened to me. I was shocked for five minutes and being like, oh, gee, what in the hell? And then all of a sudden you find yourself being like, oh, shit, here we go. I mean, like, <laughs> the train is leaving the station. And well, it's you, like get a roller coaster. On. you went down one roller coaster. Like, I don't know if I like this. And yeah. you're like, oh, the ride's not over. But you're kind of like, oh, I think I'm going to like where they're going to take yeah. me. But yeah. like, you know, you get a little nervous every time they do something and you're like, oh, I don't know about this. And you're like, okay, this is now, but you know, as they expand upon it near the end, it's not as shocking anymore because they've, they've kicked you in the face. And so you're kind of like, where is it going? Like you, you don't right. have that. You, you don't have, they don't lose you, but you're kind of like, it's almost like you're walking into a house of horrors and you're like, I know something's out there, but either are they going to let it be in my mind? To, to, to like make me react without showing me anything or at some point are people could come flying out of the walls and I'm going to just be overwhelmed. And yeah. it's that not knowing what they're going to do that makes that the tension in the oddness of the second half so palpable, but like you are uncomfortable. So it's like, that's what makes it weird. Then as I know, usually at the end, we talk about who you recommend it to, which makes this movie so hard to pigeonhole. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you do with this movie? Cause as a filmmaker, hell yeah watch this movie but as someone else it's like how much do you have to feed them so that they are comfortable watching if you feed them too much does it take away from the movie or they make a judgment and be like i don't want to watch it because that's weird like like talk about marketing a movie this has to be a nightmare and obviously they've made money off it so it's working <laughs> somehow but this is this is one where like if i'm sitting in some studios marketing division they're like we just bought this drop it down you're like really this is what you want me to try to figure out how to navigate and like make people like not regret buying tickets. It's a weird, it's just a weird movie in that regard. But as a movie, as a story, it's powerful. Like there's a lot in here. That's great. Yeah. And here's the thing, because as shocking as the developments get, and they do get progressively more shocking and more heartbreaking without, without giving anything away there's an event that takes place that is really heartbreaking. Um, but there's another event that could take place following that, like a, a back and forth that I think is a line that is drawn and they, it, it refuses to cross the line. And I appreciated it because it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, you can't do that. And they don't, thankfully. They make a point of pointing out that, like, no, we won't do that. There are some things even we won't do. Um, I'm going to go into spoilers now so I can further explain because yeah. you, yeah. you seem a bit. Yeah. So spoiler alert, everybody. Go see this movie. See it without listening to what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> go see it. So here's the spoiler. So um, Colin cuts his fingers off, you know, one by one. And the second time he cuts them off, he throws them 
he, oh, cows. The first time he does too. No, oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. So he yeah. throws them at Padre's house. Well, the, the part that's weird about the first time, like he walks over and you hear something hit the door. You don't. You're right. You don't know what it is. And you don't know what it is, and so it's like, and when he comes out, you kind of search. That's what's so weird. And then when you realize what it is, you're like, wait, is that his own finger? Right. Like, like my my whole body, like, whoa, wait, whoa, 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 back it up, back it up. Then the second time he comes, when you hear the multiple thuds without having to see anything you already know like oh this like this isn't just like slight escalation we're like at a whole different level and again that shows to me like the filmmaking it's visual it's audio it's the pacing it's the expectation so when he comes back you know it seems like things have normalized and all of a sudden you hear the thud 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 and you're like oh jesus there went his hand and then you go to see the carnage and you get to see colin farrell's reaction and then you're like, what bomb just went off? And like, what what other powder keg is going to go off? And you're like, this is going to escalate. And that scene where him and his sister's walking down and they see Brendan uh, uh, walking toward him and the, the, this booms down. You see his hand there and you see the looks on their face. And you're like, what would you do? If like your li- lifelong world friend, yeah. you're getting into like this like uber battle with, but he's standing there bleeding out of his hand. On this tiny little road back country, Ireland, where you're gonna have to walk right past him. What like what do you think? How do you process? Like it's yeah. just so fascinating. I'm like, I don't even know what I would do. Like I literally don't know you try to confront him to go to the hospital. <laughs> like, you're batshit crazy. You just I don't want to like it's so fascinating because it's so out there, but it makes you uncomfortable because you don't know what you would do if you were in that situation. So anything they decide to do has to be a valid choice because you as the audience are like, I don't know what I would do. Right. And so it opens up a world of just, you got to go on the, you got to go on the ride. And it's just now fascinating. the thing that's fascinating from that point. So Podrick has a, a donkey. Yes. Loves this donkey. Donkey's great. The donkey's awesome. You, you, we all fall in love with the donkey. The donkey eats one of the fingers, chokes and dies. And it's brutal. It's just awful. Because you know the simpleton Podrick is in pain. He loves this donkey. And now this donkey is dead. And his sister's gone. Right? So it's just like he's just in in just hell. It's terrible. So he responds by being like, hey, I'm going to burn your house down. <laughs> Which, you know, is... <laughs> Uh, I get that impulse, right? <laughs> I'm just like, yep, that makes sense. But Colin has a dog. Yeah. A border collie. And the line is drawn because I think as viewers, the tragedy of the donkey, we can accept if that dog dies, we're done with this movie. We are. We're done with it. Oh, a hundred percent. Like yeah. that. That would be crossing a line that the audience would burn down the yeah. theater. And yeah, it would be they'd cool. be like, oh, "We're out." Okay, yeah. you can't kill a donkey. A ah, we're not yeah. as attached to the donkey. The dog? No, no, not gonna yeah. happen. And it's like it's like John Wick. You know, they kill his puppy, and it's like, um, okay, we're giving you four more movies of me kicking the shit out of people. Okay, so that's the line, and what that does is it maintains, and this is necessary. It maintains both 
of their humanity despite the inhumane things they're doing to one another. Yeah. And that's really important. And that it's so interesting that because it, it, it look, a younger director who's maybe looking to be edgier would cross that line just to cross the line. Yeah. And and McDonough doesn't do it in such a smart thing because you know the Irish we love our dogs we love them more than we love any person we've ever met we love our dogs and you can't kill the dog thankfully they don't kill the dog which is good wait don't spoil that part (laughs) that's what keeps people on the edge of their seat till the end is the dog gonna die I told people is this this where John Wick's grandfather got started in the family business like is it really tied into the John Wick franchise what's happening oh goodness which by the way I finally saw the John Wick movies oh nice okay yeah I watched all three of them um I I think they may have been on HBO I can't remember okay but I watched them recently and uh I'm gonna say what clever movies aren't they yeah they're like super clever they're surprisingly like oh this is it's not just a mindless action movie there's 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 something like charming about them they're clever and charming and cool and like the whole world building thing it's like it's certainly not the same but it's it's like you know tarantino's world of like assassins and like hitmen and mobsters and like but it's like hyper weird and yeah it's great i I really like those movies they're fun we're starting the petition Um, now that we want colin farrell to join in john wick five when that comes out we want we want we want a crossover movie for some reason i'm in it i'm I'm down for that man um everybody's just turned off the podcast (laughs) i would watch that movie i would too i would too so here's the thing so we both like this movie i gave it four out of five stars what would you give barry yeah, I think that's what I give it to. Yeah, it's good because it's good. Um, it's not perfect, but it's like. But again, who do you recommend it to? Like, how do yes, you? How, yes, like, I literally so don't like, know what to, what to say about the movie for others. Right. So, like, my mother and sister. Um. I don't know if I can recommend this movie to them. I know, like, my mom would not like this movie. I think my yeah. dad might, but he'd probably think it was like, oh, that was a little weird. But he'd probably like, <laughs> you know, suffer through it. Yeah. My sister would hate me if I told her about it. <laughs> like she'd hate me forever. Most of my friends are film guys, so like they'd be fine. Uh you know, my casual work friends and stuff, I don't think I could recommend it to them. Yeah. It's weird. I want to recommend it to people. I think what I'm gonna just do is be like, this is a different movie. Like it's really good, but like if you like only traditional movies, you probably won't like it, but it's not so weird or disturbing that like you can't watch it but it's really worth seeing if you're willing to kind of stick your nose out a little bit i think that's probably how i'd try to say that again because you your mic went out with oh, good. whatever you were saying okay so um the fcc came in and uh blocked out <laughs> i was gonna say that's what it looked like the, the yeah. ufos are here no as i say i think what i would tell people is like i really like the movie and if you're willing to watch something that's slightly outside of like a normal narrative that you know, has a little bit of a weird twist to it, but doesn't go so far that you should be like disturbed by it. If you're willing to kind of just edge outside of your comfort zone a little bit, this is a movie that you might actually be surprised that you like most of. I think that's yeah. some some phrasing like that is how I would I would want to tell people about it. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like oddly enough, my mother would appreciate it. I mean, she's an, she's an immigrant. She's her, her father's from the West of Ireland, which is where Inishirin is the imaginary place is. Um, so I think she might get it, even though it's a little bit much for her, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's hard because, <laughs> you know, and most of the people I know are Irish uh, for good or for ill. So um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's an I mean, how, how, how would you how would you tell a random person? Yeah, I mean, I would just emphasize, like in my review, I finished it by saying, uh, "The Banshees of Inisherin is a subtle but dark, very dark comedy. If that's not your thing, then this won't be your thing." See, but what's weird when I think of dark comedy, I understand that this is what this is, but it feels like people's ideas of dark comedy are different than what this is. So I feel like it's like a slightly misleading because if people are used to dark comedies, this is slightly different. Yeah. I, yeah. And I mean, so it's, just, it, it's got dark it, themes it, in a movie. It's like a drama with some dark themes that like, if you, if, if, if you can't go with them, you'll hate it. If you can yeah. go with them, you'll love the movie. Yeah. Yes. I, I concur. Now, what do you think? Do you think this movie has a shot to win anything at the Oscars? Well, I mean, clearly it does in terms of quality. Um, I think the question is, is that's where I need to read up now as we're getting closer to see where, because for a while, the, you know, everything are, everywhere all at once was like just the love affair for everything. And sometimes yeah. when that happens so early, there's kind of like a, a general shift. I think that this one still has too many headwinds against it to mm. be able to, to crack through. But this is one of those ones that looking back on, you know, years, this will be like, damn, that movie to come out any other year. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of unfortunate. Like if this came out last year, I don't think Coda wins. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mike's mean... like, I just cut off my finger because I think it would have. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I I don't think it'll win this year. I think it 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 should. I think it might only win. I think Farrell has an outside chance to win Best Actor. I I, I hope he would. Um, I think McDonough might win for for screenplay. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. I yeah. mean, I think I think it's going to walk away with at least one award. I just don't think it'll crack. I mean, yeah. Colin Farrell would be the biggest win in the major category. I don't think. You know, because uh, he's up for director too, right? Yeah. I guess that would be the outside chance to the biggest, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think it's. Yeah, I mean, I just think. Director. There are too many other options for people to give, even though I think McDonough, I think, is the most deserving um, of them all, but. You know, what are you going to do? All right. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, the Banshees of Inisherin, Barry? Go see it if you're not faint of heart. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my final thought is this. It's, it, it really is. It's so weird. Like, just seeing a good movie is so rare. Oh. I literally felt like I had gone to like a Four Seasons 
and like I'm being pampered. I was just yeah. like, what is what is this? I don't get this very often. And I'm like, oh, it's because I'm at, this is like this is as good as it gets. Like this is this is what yeah. it's supposed to be. Like when you walk into an art museum and you walk into a new wing and there's a painting there and you just like, I don't know what it is about it, but I just could stare at this all day. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, this is why I love this medium. And it feels like it's been so long since I've had that thought that I was like, I kind of wish I was in the theater surrounded by people as opposed to on my couch, but I'm not going to like complain yeah. because it exists and that's better than what we've been getting. So, okay. Yeah. It's, it's just so refreshing. And this is just, again, a confident film that it, it's just, it, it, there should be so many more movies like this and oh, uh, yeah, this... <laughs> you know, there just aren't. It's, it's very disheartening, but uh, we're not going to focus on the negative today. We're happy because the Irish are insane and um, we're, we're proud of it. So yeah, go watch, give, just watch it. Just give it a shot on HBO Max. Watch The Banshees of Inisherin. And uh, we're pulling for Colin Farrell. And we hope he wins. And that's that. All right, thanks for tuning in to uh, Look at California Film, Minnesota. We'll see you next time at the movies. So who would you recast Colin Farrell with? Um, I mean, I would, I'd do the same thing you would do. I would go Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I thought it's someone else. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. Please do. The audience. Is I, I, I can't. Oh, come on. Come on. Okay. Well, I, I want to. Yeah. Um, Chris Kattan, I think, would be really good For... in, that, <laughs> in that role. <laughs> Woo! And oh. there goes everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I knew this was a bad idea. I knew I couldn't say. But yes, that's what I would do. That or Timothy Chalamet. I love Chalamet. By the way, and this is I'm being honest right now. Have you seen those Apple TV commercials with him? He's in an Apple TV commercial? Yeah. No, I have not. So Timothy Chalamet, look them up. He does these Apple TV commercials where he's like hanging around and he sees like, oh, whoa, so-and-so has a movie on Apple TV. Somebody's got a documentary. I, I could do a documentary. And then he's like doing something else. He's like, whoa, they're doing something on Apple TV. I could do that. And then he has a conversation with, uh, oh, what's the big guy's name who plays Aquaman? Um, oh, Jason Momoa. Yeah, he has. He's on the phone with Jason Momoa, and Momoa's like, "Yeah, man, I just finished shooting my Apple TV show." And Chalamet's like, "You have another Apple TV show?" And he goes, "Yeah, but who doesn't nowadays?" <laughs> and Chalamet does this take where he like scratches his face. He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I de de definitely. Who doesn't these days?" Yeah, like like you said, he's so good in this commercial. Oh, I gotta it's watch it. Crazy. Okay. I don't like this guy at all. And he's, I watch his commercial and I'm like, God damn, he's really good in this. Well, I, w I wonder if it's the sort of thing they've been putting him as this like sex symbol, you know, lied, you know, kind of this like kind of yeah. you know, pathetic type of person. Maybe he's that person that like someone like Alec Baldwin, that when he pivoted from trying to be like a mm. sexy leading man and you like leaned into his comedic side, you're like, okay, I, I get, yeah. what, got something. Maybe, maybe that's what, Maybe one day we're going to be like, oh, it's wrong about Jermaine. I, I hope maybe. Not.
I hope it's, not. it's easily the best thing he's ever done this is apple tv course <laughs> take that for it, for it. um oh, that's yeah. good and when his agent listens to this he will never answer our call perfect perfect <laughs> well it's, yeah we we know that feeling very well um from other child star actors <laughs> who will remain remain nameless 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 um yeah all right man i will talk to you later all right peace peace